Welcome to the Ask Zach Show. I'm your host, Zach Childs. I've spent the last 30 years working in the music industry here in Nashville, Tennessee, during which I've done everything from touring with major artists like Brad Paisley and Carrie Underwood to playing the nastiest dive bars or even the occasional wedding. This show is all about barreling down the rabbit hole on all things guitar and the music we love. We will cover the legendary players, gear insights, and even some interviews along the way. I hope you enjoy. To support the show, follow the links in the description to find out about my Patreon page. Or go to my store at AskZach.com to pick up a coffee mug or t-shirt. Now, let's dive in. This is episode 57, focusing on my brand new to me 1957 Esquire. So uh, this is a a really fun story, and I'm going to split it up into at least two parts. So this will be the first part, and then uh, you know, in a a week or so, I'll I'll uh, I'll release part two and on because there's a lot of story behind this uh, with how I purchased it, what got me into this era of white guard, kind of Tele Esquires, um, the rehab process will be a whole episode, uh, talking about the bridge pickup, and uh, yeah, uh, there's a lot to cover. So while you're thinking about it, go down in the corner and subscribe if you haven't done that already. And if you have already subscribed and you've been enjoying the show for a while, then I would appreciate you uh, Supporting the show by either uh, going to askzack.com and there's a store there. You can we have merch, T-shirts and mugs and stickers and such, or there's t- a tip jar link if you would rather do that. All right, the story of the '57 Esquire. So, I guess w- what I should start with is what made me want this era of guitar. So many years ago. I had a friend of mine named Bill McCumber, and he's still with his good friend, 
and uh, was just texting with him the other day, and he was one of those guys that was really helpful uh, as I was learning to play guitar, and he would loan me records and, uh, you know, clued me in on Jimmy Bryant and Roy Buchanan and, you know, all sorts of great stuff. Anyway, he had a 55 Strat that he had, and he let me borrow it when I was, you know, this was in the 90s, and he let me borrow it. It was a great guitar, and it had kind of a, a V-neck to it, which is kind of a little bit early for that that neck. But, you know, things, you know, you know, it's not like you can say, you know, all necks were big U-shaped at one period of time. But anyway, it had a cool V-neck on it. So fast forward a bunch of years, and my buddy J.D. Simo uh, had borrowed a 55 Tele from a collector friend named Charlie Daughtry. And uh, so Charlie's 1955 Tele, I, I, J.D. let me borrow it for a little while. And I loved the neck. Again, it was this soft V kind of thing. And I loved the look of the white blonde as opposed to kind of the mustardy yellow kind of blonde or butterscotch blonde like the Blackguards have. And I like the white guard look. So in talking to a JD after him letting me check the guitar for a while, I said, I'd really like to find this era of guitar, but I just can't, I just, there's no way I can swing it. And, uh, and he said these fateful words, uh, JD said, well, look for an old, look for an Esquire from the mid fifties. Cause they're like 10 to 20% cheaper than a telly. Cause they don't have the neck pickup. He said, and then look for one that has a body refin. And then to add more kind of insanity, uh, Dan Strain, you know, Dan O'Caster, he has a 57 or 58 telly that I had played. And again, it had that same kind of soft V neck to it. And I was like, oh, I love this era guitar. And that's the neck that Dan puts on his Danocaster guitars that he calls a soft V. It's a copy of the neck on his kind of late 57, early 58 telly. So I love that neck, and that's that's the neck I have on, on all my Danocasters. So, all right, now we're getting to the nitty-gritty. So, October 30th, 2020, it's the day before Halloween, or maybe it was the 20th, no, it was actually the 29th. The 29th, uh, this ad pops up on, uh, on, you know, online and it's for a 57 Esquire and <laughs> it had a body reef in and it was this horrible Krylon blue color and, uh, and it was down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama at Guitar Gallery and I thought, I think that's the guitar, but also there was a part of me that said there's no way you know, I could do it. I can't, you know, because even as a refin, they're still expensive instruments. So I kind of put it out of my mind. And then Dan Strain sent me a text about it saying that he was thinking about buying it to rehab it and flip it and sell it. And I said, I was thinking about buying it for myself. And he said, well, then you need to get it. And he said, uh, come by my house and you can borrow my guitar so that you can, you know, make sure that, that you like that era of guitar. Well, I already knew I liked that era of guitar, but of course I went to Dan's house. I went and got his 57, you know, late 57, early 58 telly. Loved it. Of course, it sounds great. You know, it's all tweaked out. And, uh, and then I started thinking, well, how can I buy this guitar? So like most smart men, I talked to my wife and, and, uh, 
and uh, you know, she said, look, you're a big boy. She said, if you can sell enough stuff to pay for it, you know, as long as you're not taking food, you know, food out of our mouths, then you can do this. And I thought about it. And I was like, well, but I'd have to sell a number of things to get it. So I ended up talking to Dan Strain some more. And, uh, and he, he told me, he said, look, I know it's a lot of money and you'd probably have to sell some of your, you know, probably one or two of your Danocasters. And I, I just want to, want you to know that I give you my blessing to sell them. And so that's what I did. Uh, well, not yet. So, so there I kind of had the blessing from, from Dan about, you know, if I need, if I bought the guitar that I could, uh, you know, sell those Danocasters. And, uh, and then I also had the blessing from my wife. So now we're Saturday morning, Halloween day. I'm completely eat up. And I think you guys know, you know, what this is like, you know, when you, when you have the fever for a guitar and it's all you can think about and I'm waiting for them to, I'm waiting for the store to open down in Tuscaloosa so I can call them and ne negotiate on a price because the price that they had was, was, was pretty much on, on the high side, which, you know, I, I don't blame them asking on the high side, but I wanted to negotiate a lower price. So my wife, Amy, she says, just get in the car and start driving down there. They open at 10. You'll be about an hour down the road and you can start talking to them about price. And, uh, and worst case scenario, you can't agree on a price and you turn around and you've wasted an hour or two driving around, you know, <laughs> south of Nashville. So that's what I did. So I got in the car and I start driving to Tuscaloosa, Alabama from, uh, from Franklin, Tennessee. It's about a three and a half hour drive. So it gets to be 10 o'clock and I start making phone calls to Guitar Gallery in Tuscaloosa. Uh, turns out that the, uh, the one of, you know, there were, neither of the owners were there at the time. And so they had to get in touch with one of the owners and the owner had to call me. We negotiated on price. Uh, you know, we were able to, to get something, you know, that was, you know, agreeable to both of us. And I continued to go down there. And I, of course, I'm just completely eat up. And, uh, I, I don't stop. I just keep going. And at one point I just really had to go to the bathroom. And so I pulled over at a, at a scary, you know, gas station. One of those that the, that the bathrooms on the outside and there was no lock on the door and I, and the urinal was like right next to the door. And I just knew I was going to end up flashing somebody not on purpose, but, uh, you know, I stopped there, went to the bathroom, got a bag of chips and a Coke and kept driving, got to Tuscaloosa, got to guitar gallery. Uh, it's a cool shop. Uh, it's, it's kind of an old house and, uh, the guys there are great. Uh, I, I talked with one of the owners, Dan on the phone and, uh, then one of the, the other owner, Scott was there. And then also there was their kind of their head tech guy named Jeff Farmer that uh, was helping me out a lot. And Jeff was great because one, he was a tech and two, he owns a 56 Telecaster. And so, you know, we pulled the guitar out and we start, started messing with it. And to see all the photos of what this looked like before, because this is rehabbed at this point, but to see what it looked like on, you know, on Halloween day, you need to go to my website. So at askzack.com, there's the pictures from the original listing. And there's also all sorts of photos of the rehab, you know, process too. So you can go there. But anyway, this had a Krylon blue spray can, you know, like rattle can finish on it. The pit guard, the original Esquire guard had been painted red 
and then yellow. And the, the body had actually been painted red, then this blue color. And so I, I, you know, I get this, I pick it up and I just felt the neck and the neck felt amazing. This is a, a soft V, it's 0.91 at the first fret. So this is, you know, this has some, some, some chunk to it, some good chunk. And the body was, was really light. The whole guitar weighs six and a half pounds. So then there was kind of a letdown. So I plugged it in and they had said there were a little bit some electrical issues with it. And in a couple in the first position, it, it didn't work at all. Of course, that should be the Esquire kind of base preset wiring where it's going through two caps and a resistor to produce this really kind of muffled sound. Well, that didn't, there was no signal coming through there at all. Then it was really weak in this position and you could tell the tone control was trying to work. And then when you got to the back position, uh, it just sounded really weak. And uh, I mean, it was producing signal, but there was no bass to it. And uh, there just wasn't much output. And so we, we pulled another Telecaster off the wall and it was so much louder and had so much more bass to it. I knew something was wrong. And so we, uh, we metered it and it wouldn't meter at all. And I knew that was a bad sign. And at that point, I seriously thought about backing out on the guitar because, you know, the bridge pickup's a big deal. And I was, you know, I, I kind of felt like, well, this is probably gonna have to be rewound or something. And, uh, but I felt like the neck felt so good it was really loud acoustically and it resonated and it was lightweight. And I was like, this really has good bones. I could tell that they weren't gonna negotiate anymore on the price. They had already done, all the wiggle room was gone. So I just bit the bullet and I bought the guitar. So, you know, then, then I was racing back home because it was Halloween. And of course I've got two kids, I've got a, you know, a 10 year old and 11 year old. And, and, uh, I wanted to get back and be able to do Halloween with my family and such. So I got back in time and, and just had my, uh, had the guitar. I just left it in the trunk, you know, locked up. Uh, so I wouldn't be, you know, tempted to be messing with that or in anything of that sort. But, uh, you know, you know, then, uh, Sunday morning I started, you know, messing around with it and, and sure enough, you know, comparing it to the other guitars, yes, that bridge pickup was pretty, uh, pretty anemic sounding and I knew it was going to need some help. So, but that's, that's kind of the, uh, the first part of the story. I will give a, a little bit more of the sound of the guitar. Um, so I'll just go ahead and give this away. Uh, the, this pickup did have to be rewound. Uh, but it's the original bridge pickup. Uh, the wiring is original, except for the selector switch had to be uh, had to be replaced because it uh, it just was not uh, reliable. Then, of course, because it was a refin, I didn't feel bad about putting a neck pickup. So this is a Ron Ellis, what he calls his new tall pickup, and these are the original 250k pots that end up actually uh, metering at like 200, which is interesting. Uh, yeah, it's been refretted. Uh, it's a, it's a killer guitar and I'm playing through the Harvard, no effects. Uh, this is the neck pickup. Let's see.
That was both pickups. So very happy. And I'm going to, you know, close by telling the story of the guitar. So as soon as I got the guitar home, I felt like an idiot because I didn't ask what the backstory on the guitar was. So it's like, you know, this is a 1957 Esquire. It had been painted blue and had a yellow pit guard. And uh, like, why didn't I ask what the backstory was? So on, on the, the following Monday, I called the store, uh, Guitar Gallery again, down in Tuscaloosa, and they were really kind enough to tell me the, the backstory, which this is hilarious and I love this story. So I said, you know, okay, so here's the deal. So how did the guitar, you know, get in the shop? He said, well, a man came in with a brown Tolex case and it was old. And uh, so immediately, you know, started, you know, asking him, well, you know, you know, what, uh, what, what you got there? And he opens up the case and it's got this blue 57 Esquire in there. And the case is not the right case for it. It's actually a Jaguar Jazzmaster case. So the guitar barely was kind of pushed in there, kind of jimmied in there funny. And uh, so the, the man was, was wanting to get it fixed up for his stepdaughter. He said that uh, his stepdaughter's father had passed away and that he had left it you know, to her. And he was just wanting to get it fixed up. And they asked him, well, are you just wanting to get it to where it will play right? Or are you wanting to restore this? You know, because you could spend a ton of money, of course, refretting it and refinishing it, you know, like I've done. And he said, no, and he said he knew it was a collectible guitar, but he didn't realize really what it was, was worth. And uh, they started you know, kind of communicating what it was worth and trying to find out, you know, what the daughter actually wanted. And the daughter was actually into like goth. And so they showed her, uh, they showed him, the, the, the stepdad, a uh, Schecter guitar that was on the wall. And it had, was black and it had uh, spider webs all over it. And he said, oh, I think she'd really like that. So they got the, uh, the stepdaughter in, the owner of the guitar, and she loved the Schecter and ended up getting that and some other things and then some cash. And, uh, and at the end, they asked her, they said, well, you know, did this guitar not have any sentimental value to you? I mean, this was your dad's and he left it to you. And then, and then you're, you know, you're going to get rid of it. And she said, he didn't play guitar. He won this guitar in a poker game. So I just thought that was a great story thinking about that, you know, many years ago, you know, there was a poker game and some guitar player, you know, he, uh, he bets his 57 Esquire and loses it. And then it ends up sitting in a closet for many, many years until a man passes away. And then his daughter trades it in at Guitar Gallery in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And then I end up with it. All right. Well, that's enough for today. Uh, part two will be the rehab process, and it's fantastic. So I can't wait. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Ask Zach podcast. If you want to dive deeper, 
Check out my website, AskZach.com, to find more articles and further info on each episode. And remember, it is the support from you, the listener, that keeps the show going. Thank you, friends.